My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We have a super exciting interview ahead of us. The two guests I'm bringing on, Rob and Kennedy, they are the hosts of The Email Marketing Show, and they are also the founders of The Email Marketing Heroes, where they help businesses make money or make more sales by using psychology-based email marketing. So excited for today. Thanks guys for jumping on the show. How's it going? Hey, hello. You guys, you know, before we really dive into any of our topics that we discussed earlier, do you mind just, you know, taking us back a little bit and telling us a bit of your story? How did you two get to where you are today? Because I think the both of your stories are very powerful and I'd love to share it with our listeners before we really dive in. Yeah, so I'll kind of take it for both of us, really, because the stories are sort of intertwined, if you like. Um, we've been friends for about 20 years, and that, that that came about because we both come from the world of entertainment. So I'm a comedy stage hypnotist, uh, so I do a comedy show where I hypnotize people, make them do crazy things for two hours. And Kennedy is a psychological mind reader, or what a lot of parts of the world would call a mentalist, and basically, again, does the show and uh, uses skills like body language and understanding human psychology and influence to make it look like, to create the illusion of being able to read somebody's mind but without being psychic at all and so again been doing that for a really long time and we both accidentally started this as businesses right out of school for me and university for kennedy about 18 years ago we both just started doing it as the thing we wanted to do with our lives and we realized we'd accidentally started a business which meant now we suddenly had to learn about branding and marketing and pricing and positioning all we wanted to do was get up on stage and 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 do our show and so along the way we both accidentally stumbled across email marketing again 17 or 18 years ago and a lot has changed in that time like with email marketing back in the day all you could really do was build an email list and send them emails you could merge their name in and that felt like witchcraft uh, there was none of the, the the fancy tech that we've got available to us today so it's very very basic back then uh, and it was really all there was there was probably like myspace was probably in its infancy but like there wasn't social media platforms like we know them today so that wasn't a marketing route uh, email marketing was the only way to build an audience and then and then broadcast that audience. And so we both started using it independently, didn't really talk about it, just started doing it. And one day we were randomly swapping notes about stuff that was working in our ind independent entertainment businesses. And we both realized we were both doing this email marketing thing and kind of taking a similar approach. Before very long, that led to other entertainers asking us how we were doing what we were doing. They noticed that we were always busy and also charging good prices uh, for our show. And they wondered how that was possible. And we started teaching independently, teaching them how to do it. I was teaching hypnotists and Kennedy was teaching all kinds of entertainers. And then eventually that led to about five or six years ago, we got asked to go and speak at a marketing event in the UK for like all kinds of different businesses from people who sell uh, handmade jewelry through to people who sell courses and memberships through to podcasters and everything in between about email marketing. And we were like, okay, it seemed like a weird thing to ask us to go and do, but sure, we went and did it. And we started to realize that the world has a very warped perspective on what email marketing is, can be, should be. Uh, a lot of the world is still doing very old-fashioned email marketing newsletters or just beating people over the head with stuff till they buy, die, or unsubscribe. 
And we had a very different approach to it, a psychology-driven approach where we took the same sort of techniques and skills that we use on stage and applied them to email marketing to make emails that people want to want to read, want to receive, want to buy from. Uh, and you can send as many of them as you want to without being over salesy or annoying or uh, pissing off your subscribers. And so that's a really cool place to be. So we started teaching it. That led to the, the start of our podcast, the email marketing show, and to us uh, having our membership and our courses and basically coaching uh, now tens of thousands of businesses all over the world uh, from every category you can imagine how to do uh, how to do email marketing in a way that doesn't want make you want to be sick in your mouth is the best way to describe it. Amazing. You guys truly amazing what you're doing. And I think it's super important because there are emails that make you want to vomit, <laughs> you know, Most so having this, yeah, psychological driven marketing involved with it probably makes a world of difference. So that's amazing. Now, guys, tell me where, I guess you touched on where you're at today in the business. Do you want to dive in a little deeper exactly? Um, if you, if you'd like to dive in a little deeper as to the services you provide and how you deliver them exactly, or that's up to you guys if you want to dive in any deeper on that. I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, basically our whole thing is to really genuinely change the way that people do email marketing throughout the world. Cause most of what you said, as you said, most of the emails all of us receive are terrible. Like they make you yeah. not want to read them, want to delete them, hit unsubscribe and certainly not want to buy from them. The thing is, on the other side of the coin, for most people as a business, whether you're a podcaster or you've got a, a program of some description that you're selling off the back of that, most of us, when we sit down to send any kind of email marketing, we also feel sick about sending it. We also feel that we don't want to do it because we know the kind of rubbish that we all receive and therefore we feel like we might be sending rubbish as well. So we set about really creating a, when our core thing is is a membership that we call the league of email marketing heroes and it's it's real about really about how do we give people the frameworks so that you can plug them into your email system and literally start making sales not only straight away but create consistency because one of the things we all want in our business whether we're getting started or we're, we're much further on in that journey we all want consistency of sales rather than the peaks and troughs you want to know that you don't have to worry about what we're going to send in this email how is this going to perform when i spend any time or any money investing in building my email list can i afford to do that because are those subscribers going to turn into sales or right. am I going to just be continue to contribute to Zuckerberg's pocket and I'm not going to get anything back out of it, right? So it's all about becoming predictable. So we do that through our membership. We have an annual event that's called Inbox that we do, we've do been doing for a few years now. And of course, uh, our core piece of what you might call pillar content um, is our podcast. And we use that as the center for uh, for a lot of our content and the way we're able to reach new people. For example, when we talk to prospective members of our membership, the league, or indeed actual members, and we say, how did you hear about us? They're like, oh, I've been listening to your podcast for six months or eight months or 12 months. And we know that those people who come in through that route end up being some of our biggest fans and our highest spending customers. And that's a really amazing thing to see happen over and over again. And that only happens because we're able to move people from podcast listener to email subscriber. If we didn't get one, somebody to move from one place to another, there's not many people making direct sales 
from podcast. But what you are doing is something else. You're doing something, and we can talk about that later on the episode maybe. But once we get them onto the email list, and we use these psychological strategies, that's when we're able to turn people from mere listeners to subscribers and now into actual paying customers. Amazing. Yeah, you know, would you say that your podcast is your main lead acquisition? Um, That's really tricky. That's that's tricky. I think podcasting is, I mean, podcasting is great. We love having our podcast. We love that we get to show up every week and be funny and whimsical and talk about email marketing, which sounds like a contradiction. How can you be funny and talk about email marketing? But we somehow managed to do it. I think it's because everything has to be fun. Otherwise, we're not interested in doing it, I guess. But right. I think podcasting really is very poor for discoverability in general. Like discoverability for podcasting is not great. Unless you're doing a video podcast, which I would argue is not actually a podcast. That's a YouTube video. That's a YouTube channel, yeah. whatever. But like an, a pure audio podcast, which is what ours is, is not actually a great discovery mechanism. What it is, I think for me, is a really good and it's probably the best most intimate nurturing and positioning mechanism. That's what it is. Getting discovered. If anybody thinks they're going to launch a podcast and suddenly have a massive audience, then let's manage those expectations and go, hold on there. Just chill out. That's not, that's probably not going to happen, right? There's a lot of podcasts around getting discovered is the biggest challenge that most people have. Most people are getting from what we know, most who we speak to, most people are getting less than a thousand downloads a month. That's what we're hearing other people saying, right? So, that's that's just the truth of it. For us, it's about nurturing people. So yeah, we have to have traffic that gets people to the podcast. We have to work on that. We have to have people who have to have a, a really good podcast, which nurtures people and has thought leadership and people refer to because of that. And then you have to have really good mechanisms to get people from your podcast over to your email list. If you don't have that sort of trifecta, then you don't really have an ability to have a podcast as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Uh, you know, and I find like a lot of, you have to be consistent. You got to build that trust, um, with the listeners and, you know, having the podcast builds a lot of authority. So if you're consistent and you're really good at it, like, like yourselves, that will happen. And, uh, it's kind of like a snowball effect. Sometimes Uh, maybe you, you find it the same way where you hear someone comes up to you and says, or emails you or whatever it might be. And says, I've been listening to your podcast, like you said, for six months. Then they become an email subscriber. Then they refer people. It's almost just like a snowball effect, right? So that's amazing. And I'm happy it's working out for you guys that way. Now, you mentioned um, psychological methods um, that you use for the marketing and within the podcast. Do you want to touch on that a little bit deeper? Oh, I think you're on mute. Oh, I was on mute. Sorry about that. Um, There was a bit of background noise, so I went on to mute briefly. I'll uh, go from there. Uh, Yeah, so basically the psychological thing for us is really, really important because effectively um, we're getting into a whatever industry you're in and whoever you sell to and whatever you sell, you're instantly becoming in a more and more crowded marketplace. And uh, even if you've like niched down really far, as the barrier to entry for starting a business uh, has got lower and lower and lower, uh, and there are more and more people teaching people how to do it, uh, more and more people are coming into every space you can possibly think of. Every every sub-niche of every niche is becoming more crowded. And so one of the things we realized is that we need to actually apply stuff to our marketing that's going to have a psychologically profound effect on our subscribers. Otherwise, 
you're not going to move the needle at all. You're going to, again, continue to blend in with everybody else. You're going to continue to blend in with everyone else who's offering fundamentally on the surface the same thing as you. There are other people out there who teach email marketing. We would be idiots if we didn't think there were, if we if we try to ignore the fact that there are. And likewise, there are other people who teach podcasting. There's other people who teach product launches. There are other people who teach everything. It doesn't matter what you do in any niche. There are other people who teach it. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to work out how do we create stuff that is um, impactful by using techniques that are not it's not about uh, it's not about the dirty word of persuasion. That is a word we use, but it's not like the dirty word of persuasion or influence or trying to sell people stuff they don't need. But it's about being able to tap into the psychological states that people are in at different times in their life, different times of the day. Like sometimes you wake up on the morning if you didn't sleep very well, you have a bit of you feel a bit groggy on a morning. You don't feel great. By the afternoon, you've had a coffee and you feel like a totally different person. You can feel like completely different people at one end of a day to the other end of the day and different again in the middle. And so we've got to be able to appeal that if one if one person, one individual person can feel different over the course of a day or a week or a month, then all of the people in your audience, they feel different all the time as well. And so what we need to do is we need to turn up in a way that they want to continue to hear from you, that the uh, messaging that you're putting in front of them, whether it's by email on a podcast or anywhere else, uh, moves them emotionally in some kind of way. Like it makes them uh, sit up and pay attention. It makes them laugh. It makes them sad. It makes them angry. It makes them feel something. It doesn't really matter what, but it needs to make them feel something. Ideally, over time, a variety of all of those things. And also that everything that you're doing is structured in a way that it it builds a sort of psychological ladder, if you like, for somebody to climb up. And at the top of it is your product and they're ready to buy it. Because it's at the minute when somebody comes into your world and they're stony cold, they're a long way from wanting to buy from you. And so we want to nudge that person closer and closer and closer by using the right words in the right order, the right structures, the right storytelling frameworks, the right stuff. And so what we started to do is to pay attention to all the things that we do on stage to get somebody from a complete stranger who's never met us before to, in my case, hypnotize or in Kennedy's case, reading their minds. Um, and effectively, if we can do that, then we can sell anybody anything. So we wanted to, make, as long as they need it. So we wanted to be able to put together structures and frameworks that make that not only possible, but fairly inevitable, that you'll be able to take the right person and sell them the right thing. Uh, and so that's why we kind of use a psychological approach to it all. This is incredible. Thank you for diving in on that. I was curious myself exactly how you made that work. Um, super incredible. So let's dive into, you know, the podcast. Uh, you kind of mentioned your intentions behind it and everything. Now, I know that you guys have a, um, some value to add as to when people should or when entrepreneurs or whoever it might be should start a podcast and when they shouldn't. Do you mind touching on that? I think it's a super interesting topic and I, I really want to dive in. Sure. Um, so I think one of the things it's the barrier to entry to starting a podcast is lower than ever. Like microphones are like cheaper than they've ever been. You can get a really good quality mic for not very much money these days. Right. And heck, you could record a fairly decent podcast episode of a, a pair of Apple headphones and using the microphone that's built onto them. Like we've had guests on the email marketing show who just who've done just that. That's the best microphone they had. And that is way better than, you know, back in the day, trying to even record audio over the internet was impossible. But because we've now all got pretty good, fast internet speeds, you can interview people. We have a two-person podcast with Rob and I, and we live about an hour away from each other. We don't need to be in the same room. We can record remotely and do a real-time feeling podcast without having to worry about it. So the barrier to entry is low. And with great podcast networks and great hosting popping up everywhere, then 
how you upload a podcast is now way less mysterious than it ever used to be. It used to be you had to host it yourself on somewhere and then work out what the hell an RSS feed was and what you actually where you actually stick an RSS feed, and then and then you had to figure out what to do with it. Nowadays, podcast hosts pretty much do it all for you. So the barrier entry is low. What that means is there are loads of really terrible podcasts. So like anything, but this is not new, right? Because like everything, 99% of everything is shit. 99% of people are not Adele. 99% of email marketing is terrible. 99% of podcasts in every industry are terrible. Like that's just the way stats work. That's just the fact. The good news is if you put together a really good podcast, and, and I don't mean like what you think is good. I mean, statistically, data-driven, actually good, because you know it is structured to get a specific outcome, then you've got a really good chance of making it work. But if you're thinking, right, if you're on the stage of business right now thinking, I really need to build my audience. I really need to like build my, I need to get more traffic. I need to get more people into my offers to get more people onto my email list. I think a podcast is a terrible idea at that point. Because discoverability still has not been fixed by Apple. I'm mostly blaming Apple, right? I'm mostly blaming Apple. I love Apple. I've got Apple everything. It's all over the place, apart from my phone for some random reason. I don't like my phones, but everything else in my life is Apple. I've got a MacBook Pro. I've got an iMac here. I've got an Apple this and an Apple that. But iTunes and Apple Podcasts are terrible, all terrible at getting at getting podcasts discovered and spotify is not much better right so you need so if you're thinking i need to grow my audience a podcast is not a good place it's not a good place to start but i don't want to be all doom and gloom here i'm not like kennedy the grim reaper of podcasts that's not kind of what this is about <laughs> I'll, put my, I'll put my scythe away but if what you need is a piece of content that you can regularly show up with and you are better at talking than you are at writing, then a podcast is great for you. So even though I send an email every single day in our business to our various lists and I teach email marketing, I'm dyslexic, which means sitting down and writing is not my favorite thing in the world. But I sit and do it with emails because I also know, as well as it not being my favorite thing in the world, it's by far the most profitable thing that we can do in any business. Whenever we go into any business and help them grow, the first thing we do is get into their email list and start figuring out their email marketing and making it better because we know that's the fastest way any business, any business can make more sales quickly and sustainably and consistently. So, Sitting down on the flip side, sitting down writing a piece of pillar content as a blog post. Oh, fuck that. I can't think of anything worse. Like, I can't think of anything worse. In fact, when Rob and I first started our business, we used to, this is funny, we um we used to take it in turns to write the company blog, right? We had this blog, right? And we were like, we'll take it in turns. Do you know what? I loved it when it was Rob's week to write the blog post. Rob loved it when it was Kennedy's week to write the blog post. We both hated this thing. We feel like it was a necessary evil until we discovered, why don't we? We like talking. We like chatting on. We speak for a living. We've both done some kind of radio in the past at some small level. And because we're performers and we didn't want to get involved in in video because that adds more complications. You've now got to worry about cameras and angles and environments and stuff like that. Just having the podcast, just figuring out the audio was a big enough, 
uh, challenge for us. So not very technical. So we thought we would do that. So if, if it's the best way for you to create a piece of content, then a podcast is great. So why do you want to do that? Well, to get your thoughts out there into the world, it's a great reason, but also to formulate your thoughts. If, if you have to show up on your podcast every single week, like we do on the email marketing show, we know that we're going to have to come up with new thinking. We're going to have to question our thinking and we're going to be forced to be creative. And that's really important. There is no such thing as writer's block. Uh, who was the New York Times um, guy, Rob, who said about there's no such thing as writer's block when uh, you've got a, it was Malcolm Gladwell, best-selling author, New York Times bestseller, New York Times um, uh, uh, columnist for a long time, might even be back in there again. Um, he said there's no such thing as writer's block when you've got an editor breathing down your neck. You damn well come up with some content. And that's the same. If you have to show up to your audience every single week, you're going to come up with stuff. And it's in those moments when you've gone beyond the surface content that you would just casually throw away in your first 10, 20, or 30 episodes, when you get onto episode 40, episode 50, and you've got to show up with content, that's when you start digging deep below the surface into places about your topic that no one's gone before. That's when it gets interesting for you. You start coming up with new models, new analogies, new ways of describing things, and you start discovering stuff. And that's when you actually become interesting. So the time to start a podcast is when you want to start developing your own thinking and start it for yourself. Don't start it for your audience. Then later dial it into your audience. So you build that audience because nothing worse than when you first start a podcast and you're like, oh, I got a hundred downloads. You're yeah, good. And probably half of them were my mum. So just listen to yeah. her on loop because she's crazy, you know? Um, <laughs> so want to make sure that we go beyond, beyond that. The other thing you don't want to do is have a podcast with a, with a dead end. You don't want to have a podcast where you're not sending people anywhere. You want to make sure that at the beginning, at the middle, at the end, you are sending people somewhere to take their next step with you. There should not be any dead end marketing or any dead ends in your marketing or in your sales at all. Something that somebody does should lead to the next thing they could do so that a percentage of those people will do it. So we might do something that gets people to the podcast and then the podcast, we're going to tell people, hey, we've got a Facebook group we named after the podcast called the Email Marketing Show Community. You should come and hang out about and chat about this stuff every single day with people. That would be great. Or we've got a lead magnet. It's to help you do this thing, which we talked about in the episode. Go and check it out, whatever it's going to be. I'm performing at this. I'm speaking at this event. I'm on this, whatever it's going to be. Tell people where to continue that conversation with you. So um, that's when it really fits in. It fits in when you want to, so start going deeper on your own thinking. That's how it starts. And then I think it leads to you ending up with better thinking. And then you can start dialing in the podcast for an audience. That's how I really feel about it. I'm so happy you covered that. Uh, it's super interesting and, and so true. Um, you know, there are so many podcasts out there that have dead ends. Like, okay, yeah. where do we go next? What's happening next? <laughs> you know? And it's so important to have, you know, the next step available or you never know who's listening. You never know who can become, um, you know, a client or customer or whatever. Um, so having that next step is huge. Absolutely. I'm really glad you touched on that. So with the podcast now, 
as many of our listeners also have podcasts, what would you say some of the biggest challenges or pain points have been um, throughout your journey with it uh, that could be maybe relatable to those listening? Well, where do we begin? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, it all begins with no one's listening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. we're on our, we're, we're on what is actually our uh, third podcast. Third? Third. Oh, yeah. okay. Third. Third podcast, I think. Because the first two just didn't work. The first one was a was Kennedy and I just chatting on about what we thought. We we did we did strategically try and think of a podcast that might create customers for a um a, a product that we had at the time. And so we very quickly ran out of content because we'd gone so not clever. I don't say clever with the topic, that's the wrong word, but like we'd gone so niche with the topic, we realized that we'd chosen a topic. We also we were ha- we were gonna have to like um we're gonna to have to swim quite fast to be able to come up with new content for that thing that we that, we, that was gonna work. So that was a problem. So that one didn't last very long, and then we got rid of it. Then we had our next podcast. This had the opposite problem. This was such a vague marketing podcast. It had the best podcast name ever. Ever we think um, it was called Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. I think it still exists if you go and look for it. That's awesome. It got to 100 episodes and every every week it was me and Kennedy and a guest. And we had some, again, some of the biggest names in marketing on the podcast. And it was great, a really good podcast. It was interesting. It was funny. It was good. But um, it was so broad that actually getting somebody from listening to that podcast about all of marketing down to the thing we actually sell was like really, really hard. Uh, the, 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 the leap was too great. There were too many stepping stones from like generally interested in marketing down to like and that could be anybody that could be somebody who works in marketing in like an enormous company through to somebody who's just starting their own business and it was so vast and so vague and then eventually we sort of we sort of hit on the fact that we just need to we need to niche to the right level uh, and that's where we landed with the email marketing show so this is our third podcast so we've had two that effectively i want to say the words didn't work in that they didn't achieve the outcomes we started them for um that was an interesting thing second thing is we definitely had the wrong expectations in the first place so one of our early expectations as kenny hinted at earlier was that we're going to start a podcast we'll put it on the podcast networks people are going to search for podcasts they're going to find ours they're going to listen it's going to grow a big audience they're, that's going to fuel our email list and then that's going to be great and that was really what we thought was going to happen of course and of course it didn't um so i think uh, i think mismatched expectations of what a podcast was likely to do when you first start it versus whereas we've got a friend who's got three million followers on instagram launched a podcast and the next day it was number uh, it was in the top 10 anyway uh, of all podcasts in the entire world on apple podcasts uh because that's what you can do when you've got an audience uh, already existing somewhere else so yeah i think we had mis- mismatched expectations um along with just completely missing the mark on on where the podcast needed to sit within the business, uh, which meant either b- being so niche that we ran out of content within about eight weeks or so broad that actually turning those people into customers rather than listeners. And you hear it all the time. Like we speak to people all the time who've got a podcast and they go, you know, I'm getting whatever, a thousand downloads a month or whatever. And they go, but I'm just, it's just not turning into anything. I'm not seeing those people going anywhere when I, when I do a call to action on the podcast. Um, and then we realize we realize why they might enjoy your podcast. They might listen to it. They might even tell their friends about the podcast, but it's so vague and broad trying to get those people to do the next action. is going to be difficult. Whereas, you know, this podcast is about podcasts and stuff. It's going to be much easier to move those people who listen into a thing about podcasting. Yeah. You're so right about, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people podcasts think that, Oh, the numbers, the numbers, the number of downloads don't necessarily mean money. <laughs> you know, doesn't mean it's growing your business. Um, and I think that's a lot of that, a lot of the time, that's where people get confused. They're so focused on the number of downloads, the number, you don't need a whole bunch of downloads to make money. 
you know, same with emailing lists. I, you don't need a huge email list to do well. Right. And maybe you guys can touch on that. Totally. I mean, the thing we hear most of the time, more than any other thing is, and it's so funny, where we, we can always see um, who's a brand new member to our membership, the league, because they'll come on to one of our, we do two group coaching calls every month where we, Rob and I personally get involved in everyone's email marketing and show you what what we would do if we run, if we run your business. And um, we, somebody will come on, they're, they're brand new and they'll say, I've only got a small list. And you can see everybody else in the room go, <gasps> because we basically wag our finger and say, you are not allowed to say you've got a small list because We've got we've got people um, who are in our world who've got like, you know, twenty three subscribers, and um, and then within a month of 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 being in the membership, have made like twenty five grand or something, you know, just because they've 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 done the work and they've they've got a really dialed in message. The truth is, it's not about how many subscribers, it's not about how many downloads you've got, it's about your ability to influence those people to connect with those people in a way that they want to take the next step and then in podcasting there's just so many mistakes people make like think about do you have all the elements in your podcast that you need in order to make those things happen even if that you're not going to make a direct sales offer in your podcast you're probably not going to do that we tested it for a bit we couldn't get it to convert doesn't mean no one's made it convert but we've never really seen that convert for anybody in all the podcast um podcasting chat we've had with some pretty pretty massive podcasters. The truth is you want to get people to go onto into a lead magnet onto your email list for another yes. reason and you can sell from there. But what are the elements you need to have before people will even take that step? And a lot of people, I'm surprised at how many people don't sit down and figure that out. What are the elements I need to have in my podcast before anybody will want to go take the next step, to want to go and click? Because if they don't click, nothing happens. It's like if you send an email and nobody clicks the links. Well, they can't buy in the email. They have to click a link to go to your website to see the thing to buy it. Whether you're selling products on there or you're selling courses or, or whatever it is, if, if they're not on your website, if they're not clicking from your emails over to your website, they can't buy. So what are the things that get people to move from your podcast over onto your email list? And that's really important because at Email Marketing yeah. Heroes, we're about helping you maximize the relationship of your email list. We've got to get people on that email list first. So how do we do that? Well, the, one of the things you need to do is how much rapport have I really built with the audience? So if you listen to the email marketing show, here's a, a few behind the scenes secrets of why we do the things we do. Because you'd probably imagine Rob and I being from a psychology background. There's nothing in that show by accident. Nothing, right? It sounds, and I know some of you perhaps already listen, and you'll know that it sounds like we are just two guys showing up, having a laugh and sharing absolute gold that other people genuinely charge for, but we just share it for free about email marketing. We are doing that as well. That is one of the things we do. Why? Because when people give you value that is remarkable, that you know you can directly apply, you think, well, if this is what's free in front of the curtain, how, what, how good is the stuff behind the curtain if I pay? So you've got to give away your best stuff. A lot of the things that we see people doing wrong on podcasts is they tell people the, the what and the why, but they don't tell people the, the how. We're like, why would you hold back on your audience? Like that's not what people pay for. People pay for a whole bunch of other things, but understanding the what is not necessarily one of them. That's a very old school marketing way of doing things. The other one is 
How do you build rapport? So the very beginning of the show, right in the very sort of five or six minutes, you'll hear Rob and I, every single episode, will introduce each other with a different fact about each other. So I might say, uh, please welcome my co-host for the episode. As ever, it's the guy who just got a brand new Cavapoo puppy. It's hypnotist. Robert Temple, and then he'll say, and I'm joined as ever by by uh, the guy who doesn't has never eaten an egg. True, I've never eaten an egg. Just just so you know, very weird. Really, I know. I've I've eaten eggs in things, pies, obviously, right, right. Wild, but um, but I've never eaten an egg. So you'll go, the man who's never eaten an egg, um, mind reader Kennedy. And what happens is during the at the beginning of the episode, people do exactly what you just did, Brittany. They go really about something that we've said. What does that do? It makes you go, I understand that person. So now when we're keynoting at events or we're speaking on other things or on our, in, in our membership, people say, oh, I like, I mean, one of, the, one of the episodes we talked about, the fact that Rob loves penguins. And somebody else came along and said, I love penguins too. Or the fact that I, you know, I've taken up DJing as a hobby during lockdown and I'm terrible at it. Somebody might show up and go, oh, I really like EDM dance music as well. Whatever. We do these things at the beginning of every episode with a brand new different fact every single time because what is that doing? It's building a rapport that builds trust so that when we say, hey, do you want to get more of this? They're like, yeah, because I feel like I know you. Great. It's so, in fact, it gets to a point of creepiness after almost 200 episodes now where people come up with us and say things and we're like, how do you know that? Because we've forgotten the shit we've talked about. We've forgotten what we've told our audience, don't we? We all go... Did I really say that? I can't believe I admitted <laughs> that on the podcast. So, and then are you making a call to action early in the show? How many people are leaving their call to action to the end of the show? Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, then come and check out my email list or come and check out my free thing on my Facebook group. Well, the end of your show is when the least people are still listening because people's attention spans, people pause thinking they will come back to it, but they don't because they get distracted. Put your call to action and stuff at the beginning of your show. If you can pop it in the middle and the end as well, all the better. But make sure you're going to do that. So there's a whole bunch of things and there's just a few hopefully practical things that you can, if you're listening to this right now, and there's any of those things you're not doing and you may very well be doing them. You know, people listening to the show, very experienced podcasters doing really good stuff, studying this show. You've got a lot of hints and tips already, but hopefully if you're not doing those things, they're good reminders for you to go, oh, I should do that. And am I saying you should introduce yourself with a different fact about yourself at the beginning of every podcast episode? No, that's just the funny way we've come up with of doing it. That suits our personalities. Don't do that because that's already been done. What is a different way you could build rapport with your audience? You could start off by telling them, oh, um, and this week in my life, and here's where I have a, I'm just thinking of an idea now, but like you can have like a 60 second piece of music where you're going to tell people over, the, over that 60 second bit of music, something that you did this week. And oh, this week I am. Um, I met up with my mother. We had a lovely piece of cake in a cafe in a in a town nearby. And my mom, uh, my mom spilled her tea all over the table. Um, and it turns out it was spilled on some celebrity or whatever. Oh, that's interesting. If you do that and tell a little story from your life every single episode, just to get into the episode, that's when people build rapport. So there's lots of different ways you can build rapport. That's just another one. There's like hundreds we could come up with if you just get a bit creative and think about it. So. There's some little ideas of what you can do with your podcast, and hopefully that helps people to go and, and make that podcast more effective. Absolutely. Uh, you know, find your voice, find your own voice, be unique. You know, building that rapport is huge. Number one, I love the way you guys do it to go ahead and, you know, introduce each other and really drop it, 
drop a hint about who you guys are, like the fact that you don't eat eggs. I love that. You know, uh, you guys are being very unique and finding your voice. And that rapport is huge in order to build that trust with your audience. And um, I love the way you guys are doing that. So Kennedy and Rob, tell me a bit about your, maybe your number one or one or two biggest focus and desire for the new year uh, within the business, within the podcast. Rob, how you take this one, mate? We are, um, we're looking to simplify, I think, is one of the things that we're really looking to do. Uh, we get carried away like everybody does, I think, at thinking they need to do yeah. everything. They need to have everything. Remember, we Yeah, everybody feels like they need to launch a new program all the time, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, we interviewed a guy on the email marketing show a while ago uh, whose business model that he described is a, a podcast, an email list, and a product. And we were like, we love this. This is exactly how we like to think about things because ultimately you need something to build an audience and, and like keep it and nurture them. You need somewhere to like continually keep in touch with them and then you need something to sell them. And if you have those things, that's it. And so one of the things that we really take an approach of, and again, we're really doubling down on this in 2023, um, is this idea of having our sort of core thing that we sell, which is our membership, the league. There's a couple other bits that sit around it. You know, we've got some higher level things that we sell to people once they're members of the league. And we've got some lower level things that we sell to people who are maybe not quite ready to make the commitment to being in a membership or whatever and that's okay but generally speaking our core thing that we think every single business owner in the world should be in is the league and so what we really do is rather than creating new stuff all the time and constantly having to find new ways to uh, to launch that new stuff to our existing audience we're much more interested in finding new um new and interesting ways to talk about what we've already got to the audience we've already got so we've already got the audience we've already got the thing we know that they haven't all bought it yet if they did we'd be re retired on the Bahamas. So what we need to do instead is we need to find more ways to talk about the existing thing to the existing audience. That way you write a sales letter once, you record a sales video once, you build the sales page once, you create the content. Well, it's not once because it's a membership, but you're only creating one set of content. Um, but because you can talk about it from lots of different perspectives, what most people do is they'll do a product launch. The launch will run as long as it runs. And then they close it down and they go, well, that's as many of those as, as I sold. And then maybe they'll launch it again in a year or six months or two years or whatever. Um, our thing's constantly on sale. It makes sales every day. New members join every day. And the reason that works is because we've got this sort of engine of email campaigns that just constantly sell the same thing over and over and over again, but talking about it from very different angles so that people don't get bored of it. And because lots of people join and buy stuff for lots of different reasons. So it's really important for us to make sure that we give people their reason for wanting to join the thing. And that's the thing, like you've already got your product or your service that you're selling, right? Whatever it is that you've got. Yeah. Um, our whole job is when you've got people on your email list, you've got to get find different ways of wrapping that up so that they will go and click and look at the product, look at the service, look at booking in your calendar, look at whatever it is that the action that they need to take. And the problem is if you're what most people get wrong in email marketing, especially in email marketing, but in, in all of their business, is they they think if I show up with six emails over maybe six days because I'm launching my product to them, they'll think that everyone's seen it and everyone who is going to click the link and going to go and check it out it has done that. And the truth is, we all click for a different benefit. We all go and check things out for a different reason. So right. if we only have one reason to go check something out, then we're only tapping into one Psycho psychological buyer type. We're only tapping into one bunch of people. So, and that comes down to like the fact that you only ever, I don't know, put some text in your email that say, click here to check it out. 
and it's always just blue, underlined, bold text. Maybe it's always just text that's bold and underlined. Every time somebody sees that, what's happening is a bit like ad blindness that you nobody ever sees the ads on the right-hand side of Facebook anymore, do they? I don't even look there. And it's the same happens in your emails. The same thing happens if you don't have these different angles that Rob talked about for getting people to go and click on your links, for getting people to go and check out your products and services. So what that means is you can chill out with having to create and invent new products. Because putting a new product together is the most fun you can have. Yes, I think it is. Putting a new product or service together, that's great fun. But after you come up with the idea, then the real work starts when you have to have design stuff done and you have to have this done and that done and put it together and all the stuff that involves in really actually getting the product created and then marketed and then writing the sales page and all the sales material. Like when you get into that, that's when the fun wears off. Now, what if instead you didn't do that? What if instead you just kept the one product, your one main product, and just came up with more really fascinating, really interesting, totally unique ways of going to your same audience? You don't need to make a bigger email list. You can have 400 people, two people, 400,000 people. It doesn't matter how many people you've got. Those same people show up to them and tell them about this thing you've got, the same one thing, in different ways. What this creates is consistency of sales. It means you actually take off your plate a whole bunch of things that us as busy as busy business owners have to do. If you have to, um, if your business is about creating products, it's about selling those products and building your audience, which is the only thing your business really is about. If you no longer are creating products, you just removed a third of the things off your plate. You've now got a third of your time back to do more marketing or to do more audience building or, I don't know, more podcasting or spending time with your family, spending time with people you really care about and love. And then if you automate the the, the email marketing, if you automate the selling process by having something we call an email engine, if you automate that thing as well, so that all the selling from all these different angles is also automated, you just remove two of the three things, two thirds of the things of every business has just gone off your plate, freeing you up just to do one thing. So that's the whole thing. We have to go with brand new, interesting, fascinating, attention grabbing things and ways to grab people's attention to get them to open that email and click that link and think, I'm going to buy it now because I get it. Or that's the one that got my attention. Or now I'm interested. Right. A hundred percent. I think, you know, sticking with that, sticking with something, having the podcast, having a pod, uh, a product or service to sell and having that email list doesn't have to be a huge list, but creating, you know, being creative and, and, and allowing uh, people to build that curiosity just by the way you're speaking about the service that you have to offer in different ways, keeping that curiosity build, um, built, right? So it's huge. So you guys, this has been absolutely amazing. I love the energy from you too. I love what you're doing. This is exactly what I'm looking for on my show. So I just want to thank you again for taking the time out of your day to jump on and, you know, really add a lot of value to my, myself and my listeners. Now, before we hop off, would you mind just, you know, letting us know the best way to connect? If there's anyone looking to reach out to you, what would be the best way to connect? 
Yeah. So there's really a couple of things. The first thing is we've got a really cool little gift that we'd love to give the listeners. Um, one of the things that's most important when it comes to email is getting people to click on the links in your emails. Like if people don't click on the links in your emails, they can't go and buy the stuff uh, until the day comes where they can just read an email and instantly send you their money. Uh, that's not going to happen. So um, we put together a report that's got 12 really great ways that you can get more clicks from every email that you send from the next email you send, in fact, by like dressing them up differently rather than just saying click here all the time or God forbid, putting the actual URL itself in the email, which is a terrible idea and you should never do it um then we've we've got these cool things so you can go and grab that all you have to do is head over to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash rebels and you can download that uh, and kennedy is uh will tell you about something else yeah and if you want to come and hang out uh, obviously you can listen to the email marketing show podcast if you want to hear more about us uh wittering on and having a bit of a, a laugh and uh, stuff about email marketing that will help you genuinely make more sales and stuff like that and then of course off the back of that as we mentioned earlier actually uh we've got our free facebook group which is all about hanging out talking about email marketing answering your questions, sharing ideas and stuff in there with a few thousand other business owners just like you. You can go to Facebook, search for the Email Marketing Show community, uh, and that will send you over there. Just request, you can even on your way in, if you want to give us your email address and see the kind of emails that we set, that we send for yourself so you can model them and see how it all works, see behind the scenes. Now you know some of the tricks of the trade, then uh, definitely do that as well. So that's the Email Marketing Show community over on Facebook. Kennedy, Rob, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. Group, if you're looking for some some people to help you out with sales um, through email marketing, these two are the ones to speak with, Kennedy and Rob. So please reach out to them if that's what you're needing. Thanks, everybody. Um, and group, if you're listening and enjoy, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure or higher entrepreneur and want to come on just like our amazing Kennedy and Rob did today to talk about your business, talk about your podcast, your journey, please go to top100interview.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks, guys. Catch you on the next one. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.